listening to Miller and Moulton, exclusively on the Florida Sports Network. And now, here's Mark Miller and David Moulton. Top of the morning to you. How the heck are you? Hour two of Miller and Moulton on this Thursday as it's Super Bowl 57 week. It's also NBA trade deadline week. And it's lived up to a trade deadline. In fact, it's been so big that there are many of you who don't even care about the NBA. They're like, I'll be damned. Huh? Got some big deals going on here. Sounds kind of exciting. Maybe I should pay some attention. Maybe. Still too early. Let me know when the playoffs start. In fact, let me know when the second round of the playoffs start. But, you know, it's right around May 1st. But I'll be there. I'll be ready. Nice six-week season you guys got, May 1st of Father's Day. I'll, I'll, I'll be there. You think about it, Mark. I mean, if that's where the sports fan wants to kind of put the NBA season, second round of the playoffs, May 1st to, you know, around mid-June, you know, this way the NFL can get the Super Bowl. The guys are going to get cut. All right. Then free agency. Then the draft. Get all that out of the way. And then, boom, NBA season starts May 1st. Bang. I don't know why I turned into John Madden there. I not sure either, but I, anytime you want to throw an extra bang into the show, we've got one on tape. We got one. We got one live. Whatever we need to do around here. Uh, Felipe, by the way, you know you remember Siskel and Eber back in the day. Two thumbs up. Uh, Felipe giving the Kevin Durant to Phoenix trade a double bang. Bang! bang! Oh yeah. There, there you go. So you know that's that's his grade on the trade. Eight-player deal. That's who Kevin Durant got traded for. Three guys, four draft picks, and a pick swap. And uh, everybody thinks Phoenix won the deal. (laughs) Right. And really Uh, not by a wide margin. Well, are you one of those who's always adhered to the theory that the team that gets the best player wins the trade? Most, I mean, 95% of the time, yes. I mean, there are exceptions. So, because obviously, you know, and then, you know, Brooklyn got a couple of good players. Mikhail Bridges, Cam Johnson, they're good, solid players. But league by league, it changes because, you know, you know, going way back when Herschel got traded for all the picks. Right. The NFL draft was a different animal. I mean, right now in the NBA, if you don't have a lottery pick, the thoughts are you're not going to get a great player. Get a good player. Hell, you might even get an all-star. You might find. Right. A diamond in the rough. But to get a superstar, you need to be in the lottery. And you need to be in the lottery in the right year. Mm -hmm. So for Brooklyn, I mean, theoretically, this trade works for Brooklyn. If somehow, someway in 2027 or 2029 or 2028, when they have the pick swap, that Phoenix is completely falling apart and they're in the lottery and win it. Correct. that's, That's how Brooklyn could at least have equal value that they get their Kevin Durant four, five, six years from now. And that's a tough sell to a fan base. Hey, hold on for the rest of the decade. The odds are we'll be okay. We might even be pretty good a couple of times, but our chances of being great come in the 2030s. Listen, I'm not kidding. 
they could now move that franchise to Seattle. I mean, they really could. They they could move the Brooklyn franchise to Seattle. Because for whatever reason, the NBA is not moving very fast on this whole expansion thing. I mean, baseball is trying to move a lot faster than the NBA. And honestly, Mark, right now, and I know where Brooklyn is. I get it. I know how close it is to where the NBA league offices are. I get it. The whole media capital of the world, blah, 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 blah. All right. But the only reason this franchise got any attention, all right, was because they assembled the stars. Now that they've sent the stars packing, I, I mean, I mean, it's a nice arena. You know, I've been there. The restaurants around it, the food in the neighborhood's awesome. Oh, it's a good time. Really is. Wasn't a good hockey arena. Really nice. Great concert arena. Nice basketball arena. Feels intimate. All right. It's a good time. It's loud. All right. But the franchise can move to Seattle now. I mean, this franchise has no value anymore. It's amazing how loyal fans can be. Because no one left the Knicks. Really and truly, not one fan left the Knicks. And there was, I mean, there's only been 50 years of reasons to leave as a Knicks fan. No, and I'm not, I I mean, I actually give their fans a touch of credit and a dose of insanity all at the same time. Because they've stuck through. This is like a Cub fan before they finally won. Well, and especially the last 20. You know, great ownership, you know. Franchise hasn't been embarrassed at all by its play or its owner. Right. Right. Who had come out and said this week, I'm not selling. No, I mean, I'd be willing to sell, you know, to 10, 20%. Just, you know, put another billion in my bank account. But no, I got to admit, though, Mark, (laughs) I mean, if you own the Knicks and the Rangers and the building that they played in, I mean... I don't know where. Where do you start, David? I mean, I, and I, I get it. They, they have ego there. I couldn't sell all that fast enough because there's never been a time of which sports franchises and all of this has been worth more. And you don't know with streaming around the corner and how things are going, what a cable network might be worth ten years from now. You just don't know. That's true, and he's got one of those too. Um, by the way, speaking of which, the word is Daniel Snyder wants seven. Bubba, bubba, billion. Seven. Well, I don't know about you, but that seems to have Jeff Bezos written all over it. Like he's already <laughs> filling the checkout, if you know what I mean. I was going to say, wait, <laughs> I, uh, boss, yeah, apparently uh, Mr. Snyder wants seven billion. Does he want that in fifties or hundreds? How does he want that actually? Does he want that on a Tuesday, a Wednesday, or a Thursday? When does he want to do the deal? Tell him to check his schedule. And raise the price of Amazon Prime. Uh, and just make sure the day after the deal goes through, it's Commander Day. So that's apparently what Snyder's asking for. Remember, the Broncos got 4.65. Snyder wants seven. 
This just in. There's 32 of those suckers. They don't come on the market very often. I mean, if you've got the cash, which is a big if, but seriously. The other owners who apparently don't want Bezos, eh, for whatever reason, they don't want him. <laughs> but if he's going to pay seven, do you know what that's going to do to all their franchise values? Oh, absolutely. He's, he's their new best friend. They went from not wanting him to loving him. Jeff, buddy. Hey. Listen, here's the deal. Okay, and I know that we're all, you know, well-to-do here. We'll say yes under one condition. We all get 10 years of Amazon Prime free. Yeah. My wife is killing me on all the business she's doing with you. I need it free, buddy. What do you say? Figure it out. All right? We each get five phone numbers and email addresses, okay? That's it. <laughs> Work it in the deal. So just a little side note. Oh, by the way, Daniel Snyder uh, came up with an asking price. It's seven. Which makes you ask the question, what would the Cowboys be worth? Well, Washington's always been a highly valued franchise, too. Yes. Yes. In league circles, it's and when Forbes does its listing and all that, it's in the top 25% of the league. It's in the top eight sometimes even in the top five in terms of value. Seven. Well, the Phoenix Suns and the Phoenix Mercury, didn't he pay four? Was it three or four? I thought it was three. Okay. Well, I mean, you know, Balmer paid a little over two. Right. He paid two and a half. And, and now, you know, this guy's paying at least three. I mean, come on. Phoenix Suns, Washington Commanders. Oh, no. I NFL franchise. We're double an NBA franchise? It's got to be. It's so, got to be. Just a little sidebar there as to, you know, because we know somebody listening right now in Port Royal or whatever is, you know, going to call their financial advisor and say, hey, got the number for Snyder. Just remember, Mark Miller, all right, he will suck up. Isn't that right, Mr. Khan, if you're listening? Okay. Absolutely. There's All the owners that are within the sound of my voice. <laughs> Whatever you need, sir. <laughs> uh, so there you have it. Big, a Is he a superstar or a star? Kevin Durant, superstar or star? I say star. Uh, no, he's a superstar. In he's basketball, superstar. he is. In tw he's a I, Twitter superstar. I'll tell I, you that. It's. I think he might be because of the social media side of it. Okay. He's one of the greatest social media athletes of all time. I'll say that okay. most active. Well, and Felipe, and this is an honest question, and believe me, those in the business world and media world have been talking about this now for a generation. It. Can you monetize, okay, the social media aspect of your business and of your life? If you can, that makes you, I think, a superstar. If you can't, that makes you a star. 
He's just and a also, little sensitive. To, to me, here's, you know, was it Colin Cowherd, Mark, that we quoted many years ago as saying the superstar test is if your mom knows who they are. That you can be a star, but a superstar test is when your mom, okay, is talking about so-and-so. Then that's the superstar. Right, Steph Curry passes that test. Right, Absolutely. and I don't know if Durant. It's cl- like it's really close. Yeah, it's like a- it's really close. Yeah, David. yeah. And I, I think I think he is. Okay, fair enough. I would go. With, you know, I I would just nominate that question and sit in the back of the room and be willing to go with however the room voted. Miller and Moulton. Dalton Miller in twenty five minutes. Welcome back to Miller and Moulton, only on the Florida Sports Network. Twenty-one minutes after the hour, Miller and Moulton, Florida Sports Network, FloridaSportsNetwork.com. It is Super Bowl fifty-seven week. Dalton Miller, Pro Football Network, will join us in a little more than fifteen minutes' time. Matt Moscona will join us a little over an hour. There's actually a huge story in Louisiana. It's gotten a little bit of national attention, but it's a big to-do-ha about the naming of the court, and then they're going to take the guy's name off of it. And But really, we booked Matt Moscona because apparently it looks like the Saints of the inside track on Derek Carr. So our buddy Matt Moscona will join us a little more in an hour, Mark. And we'll find out if they actually can trade for him, if Derek Carr is just going to wait. Yeah. Just wait to be cut. I don't understand why Carr wouldn't say to the Saints, okay, we've worked out a deal, right? Yeah, I'll just tell the Raiders no. Just for fear he would renege on the deal and go somewhere else when he becomes a free agent. I mean, then he's offered by – that's the only fear that New Orleans would have. How about uh, you sign the contract, you put it in the drawer. You just don't date it. Hmm? I know it's illegal, but come on. This is the real world we're talking about here. Like, that's never been done before. I mean, remember, the Houston TV guy reported Jimbo Fisher had done that in October of his last season in Florida State. He said, trust me, the contract's signed. It's in a drawer. It's done. And he was right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Dalton Miller, 15 minutes, Matt Moscone, a little more than an hour. Got a few props. I started looking yesterday at some of the props, and David, we were not that far off on some of these yardage things. These are okay. actually football props. Gotcha. A.J. Brown, over under, 72 and a half yards. Ooh, over. Over. Patrick Mahomes, over under 290.5 passing yards. Ooh, I'll go under. That's a lot. Uh, over. A lot. It's going to get three hundo. Will both teams score 25 or more points? No. Most people are going to vote yes, though, is the word. Apparently, people are betting the over more than the under. I want to see, and I, I've just got this is more of a sheet to, to you know to bring to a party, and I don't have odds on the other side of it. 
because one of them's the highest scoring half. I, I'd have to think that it's like minus two hundred on the second half, wouldn't you think? Hmm. It's funny. I think, like, I think the Chiefs are going to have success early. Okay. I, I think Andy, by the way, comes out absolutely chucking the ball. That the Chiefs know we got to get a lead on these guys. We got to try to put as much pressure on that quarterback as possible. Try to take as much of that running game away from them as we can. Getting a lead would help do that. Jalen Hurts over under 48 and a half rushing yards. 48 and a half. I'll go over. Miles Sanders over under 58 and a half rushing yards. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Depends. Who do you think's you know? Who do you think's going to win? How do you think the game's going to go? You know why I'm betting over on Hertz? Because Spags is going to blitz the heck out of him, and I only need him to get away from the blitz one time. There could be twenty plus yards of real estate wide open if he can avoid a big blitz once. His passing over under number for Hertz is twenty two hundred forty three and a half. For Hertz. See, even if if you think the Eagles are going to win, do you think it's because they're going to those right. wide receivers, or do you think it's because you know, like Troy Aikman, his stats do not overwhelm you, but if you looked at the Cowboys during that dynastic run, he oftentimes threw for like 175 yards in the first half and 40 in the second. They just turn around and hand the ball to Emmett. Devontae Smith's numbers, 64 and a half receiving yards. Hmm. Well, let's see. If you're somebody like me and you went over on A.J. Brown, which was close to 80, and if you go over on Devontae Smith, well, now you're talking about a buck 50 between the two. And and what's and what's Hertz's over under again? Like two 243. Quarter? 243. I'd still go under, but man. Goddard's over under the tight end is 46 and a half. Good going. I'd go under for what it's worth. Some of the Kansas City numbers we already had Mahomes. What's Kelsey? Uh 78 and a half. Ooh. Ooh. What are what's his catches, by the way? I'm gonna guess it's six and a half. Over under on how many catches? 78 and a half. They don't have a catch one on here for him. Don't ask me why, wow. but it's not on here. Wow. I'd, I'd be interested in betting that. By the way, if it is six and a half, which way do you go? Over. Well, because he went over against the Jags, but didn't the didn't the Bengals hold him to four? Man, I'd go seemed... over. Okay. Six and a half. I, I, I'd probably go over the 78 and a half, too. Here's one for you. Pacheco, over under 48 and a half rushing yards. Over. Over. I can tell you what, that's who I'd put money on for the first touchdown of the game. Ooh. Like I, like I saw the odds as to, you know, because I think Kelsey's, you know, number one and Jalen Hurts is number two in terms of odds as who will score the first touchdown of the game. And... I think the Chiefs come out firing, catch the Eagles a little off guard, 
put some points on the board early, and I'm going with Pacheco, a flyer, first touchdown of the game. Who are you taking for MVP, by the way? You've got the, you know, well, you haven't given us a winner, but so I I think that would kind of tell because you're still waffling. So I'll wait for your MVP and winner tomorrow. Man, am I, I'm a, I'm an ego right now. I am a huge ego. The only thing that's waffling me, David, is that everyone, every single person that I have talked to (laughs) is picking the Eagles. I played golf yesterday. Cart room guy. Now, he's a Philly fan, but he thought they were going to blow him out. My Boston buddies think the Eagles are going to win. Everybody up there thinks the spread's not right. I'm just looking at all of them going, well, they're, you know, they're all retired, so I envy them. They're all retired and spending money, so I envy them even more. And they're all picking the Eagles. That's That scares the hell out of me. In a spread that's one and a half, I've not seen so many sides that are all into the Philadelphia Eagles. Felipe, I ran late. Can you get this done in a hurry? Clutch Vodka, play of the day. What do you got? Absolutely. Vanderbilt down two, final seconds, hosting number six, Tennessee, Tyron Lawrence from the corner. Robbins has it. Here comes Mignon with a path. Outside to Lawrence for the win. Yes! He got it! He got it! Vanderbilt wins it! Man, it was close. He released that ball with, I'm telling you, maybe 0.2 seconds left on the clock. Just gets it off in time and splashes it. To kick that out from underneath the basket and get the shot off, it's our Clutch Vodka play of the day, the Vanderbilt Radio Network. Thank you for that call. Clutch Vodka. Clutch with a K. Check them out at clutchspirits.com and hashtag all your drinks on social media with the hashtag Clutch Spirits. Look for them wherever you buy your vodka. You know, that pod was clutch. Pretty clutch with a K. It's a great call. Yeah. All that going on, coming off of a timeout, four seconds, it looked a little scrambly to get the four the win out in time. That's a good call. Voice mostly held up. That's good. Such a funky gym. He scored yes. that bucket because they the benches are in the end zone, so it's right where the Vandy bench is. He scored it literally right in front of the bench, and they all come piling out of that corner with the floor that's raised and the benches that are sunk in the end at Vanderbilt. Great play of the day by Vanderbilt. Miller and Moulton. Dalton Miller is next. Welcome back to Miller and Moulton, only on the Florida Sports Network. Twenty-two minutes before the hour, Miller and Moulton, Florida Sports Network, FloridaSportsNetwork.com. Matt Moscona. One hour from now, is Derek Carr going to the Saints? Remember, it's the worst division in football. Doesn't take much of an off season to go from worst to first in the NFC South. We'll talk a little Derek Carr and the Saints, and also about a big in-state controversy, which may go national tomorrow with Matt Moscona one hour from now. Meanwhile, Dalton Miller kind enough to join us once again. He of Pro Football Network, profootballnetwork.com. You can follow Dalton on Twitter at Dalton, the letter B, Miller, Dalton B. Miller. Dalton, it's David and Mark once again. Top of the morning to you. How the heck are you? I am fantastic, ready for the Super Bowl. The uh, the more film I watch on these two teams, the more intriguing this matchup gets to me. 
Well, you know, Mark Dalton, who's been up very early because we sent the tweets out for this show, you send them out about two hours ago, and he retweeted it in four seconds. So we know he's been up early. And his first tweet of the day was getting more excited about the Super Bowl the more I dig into these two teams. Well, and that's great news because, I, you know, we've been – the NBA's done a hell of a job of taking uh, Super Bowl week by storm and, and getting their revenge for losing Christmas to the NFL. But what is it in what is it on film, Dalton, that is getting you so excited about this game? I think, you know, a, a lot of it is the unknown because these are two teams that really haven't faced a team like one another this year. There have been bits and pieces of each thing these offenses and defenses do. But it's really kind of open to interpretation because the Philadelphia Eagles have not faced an elite quarterback the way that they will with Patrick Mahomes, even on one foot. Um, he is the best quarterback in the NFL. Um, on the other side of things with the Chiefs, they really haven't faced any, you know, really mobile quarterbacks. So, you know, there was a little bit of it in the Texans game with Jeff Driscoll coming in and running a little bit of the option. But listen, Jeff Driscoll and the Houston Texans are not the Philadelphia Eagles. There's not that offensive line that he is not as mobile as Jalen Hurts is. Um, and so it's really interesting to see how these matchups are going to unfold. But I think what I'm most interested in is Andy Reid and Steve Spagnola against a team in the Philadelphia Eagles that I think has very few holes. I think that they're overall the better roster um, and they have a very good coaching staff as well. But you give Andy Reid, and particularly in this instance, Steve Spagnola two weeks to get ready for this Philadelphia Eagles offensive attack. I am so excited to see what Spags has in his bag. Well, usually his bag is to blitz. And the one time last year that they faced Hurts, and granted, he and they were very different, they blitzed mm -hmm. nearly 20 times. I mean, Dalton, if you were the Eagles coaching staff, don't you think Spags half the time is going to bring heat? Yeah, it's really interesting because Steve has kind of gotten away from his blitzing habits. Uh, he did not blitz much at all this year. They were in too high more often than any team in the NFL. Um, so things were a little bit different this year on that defense, but I do think against the Philadelphia Eagles in particular, you need to blitz. If we see one thing from Jalen Hurts, who was fantastic this year as a passer, he was top five in a lot of the efficiency metrics you look at, like the EPA per play, per drop back, and stuff like that when he was kept clean. But when he wasn't kept clean, he was in the bottom third. So when you pressure him, when you actually are able to get pressure against him with this incredible offensive line, he's not as good of a passer as you would like to see somebody be. And that's just partially because he hasn't been around long enough to really build up that confidence against the rush. So he's still building that. I think if Spags really wants to affect the passing game, he's going to have to blitz. But I think bringing guys into the box, having, you know, one more, more one high looks instead of the two high shells that he really likes to play with and using simulated pressures as well, showing five, six, seven guys at the line of scrimmage and then backing off and playing coverage helps you in a couple of ways because the Philadelphia Eagles love to get their double teams at the line of scrimmage in their rushing attack. They are a downhill double team and climb type of rushing attack. And if you put everybody at the line of scrimmage, it really forces them to get into more one-on-one -on -one looks and listen, their offensive line is outstanding. So it's not like they can't go one-on-one. -on -one but they're, they can really, really bully you when they're able to get to the second level. 
Um, and so I think having some sim pressures, bringing guys, you know, from the slot up and then backing them away um, to muddle the read for the end man online for, you know, the, uh, the read option. You know, there's a lot of ways, a lot of movement pre and post snap that Spags can use this week to kind of trip up uh, their rushing attack as well. So I'm, I'm really excited to see how it all uh, ends up going. Dalton, based on what you're talking about and the pressure that's going to be brought by Kansas City, what's more important on Sunday? Jalen Hurts' arm, Jalen Hurts' legs? Oh, I think Jalen Hurts' legs are some of the you know, two most important things uh, in the NFL outside of you know, looking at like Patrick Mahomes' entire package that he brings. Um, his rushing ability, more than anything else, it adds a gap to the run game. And his rushing ability helps his passing ability as well because you have teams that aren't able to run much zone coverage against them because not only does he have the rushing ability, but you can't really run a lot of zone because they're just going to pick you apart with RPO passes at that point too. So it's going to be, you know, his arm in this game, but it's really his legs that open everything up. But more than anything else, hitting one or two deep passes against these really young Kansas city corners is going to be huge. And, We've seen a couple of teams. I know the San Francisco 49ers did a really nice job uh, with it. it. If you can help out, um, particularly on the right side of the offense, because that's where he really likes to attack deep, is to that right side of the field. If they can stop those passes downfield, I think that this Chiefs defense has a really nice uh, chance of being successful, at least in part against the Philadelphia offense. They're going to get theirs. Kansas City is also going to be able to score on this Philadelphia defense. But I, I think stopping the, the big explosive passing plays is going to be what puts Kansas City over the top. He's Dalton Miller, lead analyst, Pro Football Network, profootballnetwork.com. You can follow him on Twitter at Dalton, the letter B, Miller, Dalton B. Miller. You can follow Pro Football Network on Twitter at PFN365. You mentioned it earlier. The Eagles have not faced anything remotely close to a Mahomes this season. In fact, it's remarkable. In the division, you know, they only faced Dak once. So you look at the mm -hmm. quarterbacks they faced in the other five games, look at who they got in the Niners in the NFC title game, even, you know, their, their schedule date. But their secondary, Dalton, is outstanding. I mean, they've got two cover corners. They got a nickel corner who graded out as one of the top three in the league. All right. I, I like their safeties a lot. I mean, if you're the Chiefs, Dalton, do you think you can line up and throw it for 300 yards against his secondary? I mean, if you're the Chiefs, you think you can. Um, and it's going to be really interesting. The, the Eagles were one of the best quarters coverage teams in the NFL this year. Um, but I think they're going to run a lot of man against the Chiefs because when you run quarters, it kind of can leave you susceptible at the middle of the field. And it is still zone coverage and running zone coverage against Travis Kelsey and, and Patrick Mahomes is just, it's not going to work. He's going to be able to find the open hole in the zone. So there, we're going to see a, a lot of Darius Slay and James Bradbury one-on-ones on the outside, and they're going to bracket Travis Kelsey a lot. Um, I don't think they really have many other options because, even with how talented this team is um, in the secondary, if you play zone coverage, Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey will pick you apart. He'll get 12, 15 catches and have a two or three touchdown game if that's the case. So 
you need to bracket him. Um, I, I think Patrick Mahomes being not hobbled, probably, you know, he'll be uh, medicated um, and maybe a little bit stiff, if anything, but he'll be pretty mobile in this game. Um, I think that they have to just kind of, you know, win those one-on-ones on the outside, double-team Kelsey, and just pray that Patrick Mahomes isn't able to do too much with his legs in this game. Will Kansas City be able to – I mean, you know, we know Andy Reid doesn't want to run the ball, but at some point they've run it better. Pacheco's done a pretty good job. Will they have success running the football at all in this game, Dalton? Yeah, I think that they actually can have success running the football in this game. Um, they have a really, really good middle of that offensive line and, and even on the left side with Orlando Brown at tackle. And Isaiah Pacheco brings such an attitude – uh, to that Kansas City Chiefs offense that we really haven't seen in a, in a long time from a runner. Um, and then you bring Jarek McKinnon in for a little bit of a change of pace, and obviously he can catch the ball out of the backfield. But this is a really good offensive line. If you look at uh, ESPN's pass block win rate, they were at 75%. They were very much at the top. And I'm not a huge fan of O-line metrics because I think that they leave uh, a lot of nuance out. But it goes to show that this is a really solid offensive line, at least from left tackle to right guard. I think the biggest matchup in this game is going to be Wiley at right tackle against whoever, um, probably Hassan Reddick a lot of the time, um, is going to be big. And I think if you use that to your advantage as the Kansas City Chiefs and really run at Hassan Reddick wherever he is at um, so he can't pin his ears back, I think that's kind of where they go with it. The problem is Howie Roseman um, bringing in Dominican Sue and Linval Joseph in midway through the year to help out that run defense. It still wasn't amazing by any means. I mean, it is kind of their weak point on defense. Um, but we've seen Andy Reid, when he has to, um, stick with the run. And I, I think that in this game, he's going to stick with the run a little bit because it is the, the Philadelphia defense's uh, weakness. Are these the two best teams in the league at the line of scrimmage? If you were to add up the five O linemen and the four D linemen that the teams put on the field, the majority of the time, nine against nine, would these two teams grade out one and two? Oh, that's a really good question. I, I think the Kansas city chiefs defensive line might be a little bit of an issue, but then at the same time, they have Chris Jones and Frank Clark shows up in the playoffs. So exactly. I think yes. I, I think yes. Um, I mean, they're the best two teams in the NFL. And I think you're, you're seeing what you're able to do when you build the trenches, especially for a young quarterback like Jalen hurts, when you're able to build the trenches, uh, I, I think that that's kind of the way that you build teams in the NFL. Obviously it's built, you know, and marketed around the skill positions, but the Philadelphia Eagles who are who they are because of what Howie Roseman has done, uh, drafting the offensive line and building the defensive line through trades and free agency and, and a little bit through the draft. Yeah. We talked about Hertz's legs and throwing. Who's the X factor for Philly offensively? Who's the guy that you think that can maybe uh, break out in this game or is it, is it AJ Brown even who's the guy offensively that has to be there other than Hertz for Philly? Dallas Goddard, 100%. I think him over the middle because of the way that Philadelphia runs the ball. Um, him attacking Willie Gay um, and Nick Bolton. Willie Gay is a little bit banged up. I think if you're going to see an X factor in this game, it's going to be Dallas Goddard. Well, and also you can see the storyline now. You know, all the talk about Kelsey and, you know, Goddard, who's probably top six tight end in the league by himself, yep. but not in Kelsey's class, obviously. And he ends up with a big day, blah, blah, blah. Um, do you have a lean? I mean, you sound like, you know, you, you're checking this box, you're checking this box. I mean, do you have a lean? 
You know, early in the week, I really thought Philadelphia had the advantage. And the more I, I come in here and watch the tape, I, I think Steve Spagnuolo is going to figure out a way to at least slow down this rushing attack a little bit. Um, and I think Philadelphia deserves to be favorited in this football game because I think their roster is better. But I just keep going back to two weeks of Andy Reid and Steve Spagnuolo getting ready for this game. And I think they're the best coaching staff in the NFL. I think they're going to be ready. And then at the end of the day, you have the best player on the planet at the most most important position in professional sports on your side. I think it's. I think they're going to get it done in the end. He's Dalton Miller. He breaks football down for ProFootballNetwork.com. Follow him on Twitter, Dalton the letter B Miller, Dalton B Miller. Follow PFN on Twitter at PFN365. All right, Dalton, go back into the cave. You must emerge by Sunday afternoon, okay? Set the timer. I will be there. The timer will be set. (laughs) Thanks, Dalton. Thanks. Dalton Miller, kind enough to join us once again. Pro Football Network's been great to us throughout the season between Matt Canada and Dalton Miller joining us this day and time throughout the year, including here in the postseason, even though a lot's been going on in the mountain and western time zones. Yeah, I don't know if they realize this might be a yearly thing because the season never ends, and they know that as well as anybody. Well, listen, Matt Canada's the one to blame, okay? He answered the phone. He said yes. And then he made that fatal mistake, Mark, which some guests do. Hey, yeah, call anytime. Really? You yeah. don't say. Yeah. See, we're a mid-major show, and we have a mid-major budget. And by budget, we mean none at all. So, okay. Text lines are open. Anything Dalton said you want to comment on? 21,000 is the number. Two one triple zero. If you've never texted the show before, FSN Radio is the keyword. Once you do that, you are in. Taking your text or join us on twitch.tv slash Miller and Moulton, where you can watch the show right here on the Florida Sports Network. Thanks for listening.